0: We are in a series uh, in this season after Easter that I have called This, I Believe. Uh, we are digging into the basic beliefs, uh, getting to the basics uh, of what we believe as Christian people from the Holy Scriptures and, and learning that and grounding ourselves in that. Uh, we began a few weeks ago asking what I call the big questions. And uh, the first big question is Who is God? Who are we talking about when we say that word? Who are we talking about when we, when we think about God? And, and we, we talked about how some people ask a different question. Is there a God? And the Bible never starts there. The Bible always begins with God telling us who he is, revealing himself to us. And so uh, at the very beginning, uh, in the beginning, God, before even creation starts, God is there. And then we began to look at the, at the question last weekend, how do we know? How, how do we know about God? And how do we know anything, really? Uh, how do we know about ourselves? How do we know about the needs in us? How do we know about, about our rescuer and our savior? Any of these things that we... Talk about within Christian faith, and we know through the Bible. And this whole weekend has been just Bible weekend, and and it's been a wonderful time to celebrate the power of the Word of God uh, to change us and to to transform us and to reveal God to us. This this weekend, I'm asking the question: How bad is it? And that's a really important question for us to ponder. Let me tell you a little bit about how I came to be where I am today. While I was in seminary, I worked as a hospital chaplain at Georgia Baptist Medical Center. If you ever lived in Atlanta, you knew what that was. It was before there were trauma centers, it was the trauma center. It was the ER, it was the emergency place in Atlanta that anything bad would go to. If you were in a bad accident, you would go to Georgia Baptist. If you were really, really sick, you would go to Georgia Baptist. And, uh, and so I spent time there as a hospital chaplain uh, in clinical pastoral education. It was called for two years. I was on the staff there in addition to my graduate studies. Uh, and we were, uh, we were on call. We would, uh, the, the hospital uh, staff uh, would have us on call. Every third night, I slept at that hospital, that building there. And that was interesting. I think two Uh, Easter's that we spent during that time of education. Pastor Ann came down to meet me in the morning because I had been there all night and I was still on call during that day. And, And so this is what we did. It was part of learning how to be with people in hard situations, how to listen and to care in those situations. We were part of what was called the code team. If you work in medicine, you know what that is. It's, it's when there's a code and they have different names for it in different hospital systems. They would say there's a code that's been called or a certain uh, alarm type thing would come over. And we would be called in along with all the others because there's a need for resuscitation and all that. But there's also a need for uh, pastoral care and for a chaplain to be there. And so we came in and there were nights that I stayed at Georgia Baptist and uh, I didn't hear. There was nothing. The beeper didn't go off. Other nights, six, seven, eight times, we would be called into that kind of situation. Sometimes it would be just a very difficult situation in the ER. And many times we were with families when they were waiting to hear the news or waiting to hear news uh, from a doctor about their loved one. Often we were part of these very serious, uh, I call them doctor-patient conversations and at the time i was very young i had never had any of those kinds of conversations i was learning a whole lot Uh, as you as you live life a little bit you become very familiar uh, with those conversations and what they're like and and they often begin with well the tests have come back and we need to get together i'm not quite there yet the radiologist has read the scans Uh, the biopsies have been evaluated and uh, and the uh, pathology reports have come back in So we need to talk. And so uh, the question uh, might be asked, so tell me, doc, how bad is it? And that's where I get the title of the message from. Now those conversations are not easy. Will you say amen? Yeah, whatever side you've been on, I talk to doctors all the time. They say, this is the hardest sort of stuff that I deal with. Uh, These are hard, difficult times. Some doctors are better at this than others. Uh, Some doctors are kinda, let's get to it. And they'll say, do you want it straight? Uh, others will say, uh, well, there's some good news and there's some bad news, well, you know, and, and, and begin that way. Um, sometimes I've heard uh, a doctor say, uh, we have some promising treatments these days and new breakthroughs all the time. And that that's kind of cautionary. That tells you that what you're about to hear is not good. It's not good news that you're about to receive. Um, and... What I'm trying to bring to us as we think about the basic beliefs of our faith is that these conversations, they're not easy, but the Bible conducts a similar conversation with us about our condition, our human condition. In this case, the the Bible is is the report. Uh, God is our physician, but the, the Bible is telling us things about ourselves that we really, really need to know. And the Bible would say, uh, well, there's some good news and there's some bad news. And, and really important, there's some better news. Yeah. But why don't we read that out loud? It's, it's not a scripture, but I think it's so important for us to hear and to know. There is good news and bad news and some better news. And all three of those go together. The good news is that you started with a whole lot going for you. We talked about that three weeks ago when we started talking about God. And we started talking about the nature of God and what God has said about you and how God regards you. Uh, You know, sometimes a doctor will say, there's a, a difficult diagnosis here, but let me just tell you, you have a strong constitution. You have a lot going for you. You have a strong support system around you. I can tell already, you have family that's around you. And all of those things are regarded as very powerful in a healing process. And and really, we would need to hear that. Uh, And and this report says that. Uh, You you have lots and lots that is going for you. Do you remember some of it? You were created in the image of God. And, And there's very little that could be better than that. I mean, it's so very powerful as we looked at that. You are the reflection of God in the world. And because of that, you express love and creativity and imagination and invention. You're different from everything else in creation. Is that good news? Hallelujah. Well, yeah, <laughs> let's say hallelujah. Yeah, that's really, really important for us to know. In fact, the report, the report says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and that's always been an amazing verse to me because I thought, what does that mean? Fearfully. Fearfully. And, and I finally have come uh, to, to uh, the conclusion that it means today we would say, you are awesome. You are just awesome. You are so carefully made and you are so intricately made. Uh, you are unique and different from anything else that has ever been created. There's no one like you. And, and so you're not a statistic. Praise God. Aren't you glad you're an individual? Say amen with me. Come on, come on. That that you're not just in a rack of statistics. You are an individual. You are regarded in in such a special and amazing way. You were created with purpose. And God has plans for you. We talk about that all the time. And so uh, oftentimes we'll just have to say, you know what, God's not done with you yet. If you're still with a pulse and you're still breathing, God's not done with you here. And he has an eternal plan for you. You were designed to reflect God in a lot of places and to represent God in the world. And so all of this is, is part of the power of who you are, who he created you to be. In fact, you have someone very strong backing you. Uh, we, we looked at that uh, last uh, couple of weekends ago. You are loved with an everlasting love. In fact, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. and. This is not just any kind of love. Who is that? That's God, your creator. God, your father loves you with an everlasting love. And, and, and we know that if God is for you, who can be against you? So this is really good news. You've got a whole lot going for you. You could not be more, more valuable with God behind you, with, with God loving you and supporting you. That's all really, really good news. Someone say, that's good news. Come on, that's good news. And I'm glad to get the good news. But, and, and, there, and honestly, there are some um, streams of Christian thought and there are some churches that just say, that, that's it, we're going to stop there. Aren't we glad we got that report? <laughs> I'm good, you're good, and we're all happy and, and, uh, and God doesn't make junk. And so, but, but there's a little bit more in the report, isn't there? I mean, some of you know that there's a little bit more in the report that there's actually some bad news too. So there's that good news, but there's also some bad news. And it's important for us to know what the bad news is. The tests are back and the scans have been done. And um, there's, uh, there's a spiritual pathology report that is in, and it does not look good at all. In fact, it's really, really bad. And it's basically, you have the worst possible diagnosis, but I thought everything was good. Well, there's so much that's good, but this is really, really bad. Your spiritual diagnosis as a human being, that we've scanned you as a human being. God has scanned you as a human being, and you have a really, really bad diagnosis. But, but doc, I, I don't feel bad. I mean, sometimes we say that. And we know in the physical realm, there are some things that we can have that we would say, I I don't feel bad. And the doctor would finally say, yes, but it's killing you. (laughs) You may not feel bad, but it is killing you. And so we need to deal with this thing. This is a disease that you might feel, but you may not. And it's really not at all about how you feel. And you can't depend upon how you feel. In fact, the, the scan tells us that the heart, the center of your feelings is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. You're, actually, your feelings are sick. And who can understand it? We can't even really understand our feelings. And so this thing, I, I've said it a number of times. Oh, follow your, your heart. Follow your feelings. It is not good advice. The spiritual pathology says, no, you cannot do that. So, so what is wrong with me, Doc? What is it? Well, the, the pathology report that we receive tells us that it is an inherited disease. We know some about those. Sometimes you'll, you'll get a scan and, and the doctor will say, well, you have a genetic marker and so we need to deal with this. And, it, and, and if you have a couple of genetic markers, you need to, we need to figure out how to treat that. And this is a, a, a genetic marker that you have, and I have, and this inherited thing. We are all fallen by nature. We are sinful creatures. And how did that happen? Sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread. It sounds contagious, but it really is. uh, It's an inheritance. Death spread to all men because all sinned. So it's a nature. And at the same time, it's also a choice. It's a disease that goes back to our earliest ancestors. And we, we talk about it and, and we, we hear the story. It's Adam and Eve. And, and the humans have been created with in this perfect place, but they had the capacity to choose. They had freedom to choose. And the spiritual disease that we call sin came from the choice of Adam and Eve to rebel against God in the garden. If we're really honest, we, and we would look at the, the report, we would realize, surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Now, we may not have felt that at all times, or we may not have felt that all of our life, but that's exactly what is described in the pathology report. The report shows that we were born with a bent. We have a bent like that tree. We are bent toward sinning. In other words, uh, in the processes of life, we will more likely choose sin than not. We'll get to the solution. We have this bent and and we are also infected by our choices. We make choices. We're, We're like sheep that have gone astray and we've turned every one of us to our own way. And we have this tendency to wander from the path that God has for us. We have this tendency over time to say, I know that's what God wanted me to do, but I, I, I'm choosing to do something else. I know that this is the way that God wanted me to regard, and yet I, I've, I've chosen another way. I just want to try my own way. I think my way is better. My, my, my. And that's the nature of this disease. And because of that, the reflection of God that was created in us is shattered. It's like a mirror. We perfectly reflected God at one point, but it's shattered. It's broken. But Doc, I'm not nearly as bad as others that I know. I, I see so many people that are really, really, really bad. Well, the pathology report says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what the report says. And are, are you part of all? Yes, you are. I am. The report says, who can say I have made my heart pure. I am clean from my sin. Who can really say that? I I clean myself up. Who can really say that? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We might think the truth is there, but it's not. In fact, the, the pathology report says there is no one righteous. Not even one. There is no one who understands no one who seeks God, all have turned away. There is no one who does good, not even one. Wow. Why don't you say that with me? Wow. It, it's a lot to ponder, isn't it? John Stott was the longtime pastor at All Souls Church in London, and he, he described it this way, and I think it, it puts it so well Sin is the revolt of, self, of the self against God. The dethronement of God with a view to the enthronement of oneself. I'm going to make myself king. I'm going to take God off the throne. Ultimately, sin is a self-deification. I'm going to be my own God. The reckless determination to occupy the throne which belongs to God alone. Wow. Now, that that says it very clearly, that sin is the attempt to create a self-centered universe. You don't have to look around very much to see that that's the huge problem in our world. But it's not all out there. And and the world becoming better doesn't start out there. It starts right here. So we might ask the question, well, am I going to live? Well, the The report and everything that we know says that this disease is 100% fatal. The payment that results from this disease is death. That's that's what comes from this disease. You might say, well, I thought you said there was some better news, (laughs) doc. (laughs) Is there some kind of treatment or surgery or something like that? And there definitely is. There's definitely a surgery And there's definitely uh, uh, some treatment. It's a major surgery. You actually need a heart transplant. That's what the report says. The report says, this is from the doc. I will give you a new heart. A new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will remove your dead heart and give you a heart that is alive. I don't know if I know any better news than this. I mean, this is pretty amazing. And then there's going to be some ongoing treatment. There's always follow-up, right? Yeah, there's always follow-up. You mean mean like chemo and radiation? (laughs) Yeah, sort of. Actually, a lot like chemo and radiation. Uh, The report says... I will put my law, my word within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. You will be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern the perfect, good and acceptable will of God. You'll know what to do because I've written it in your heart. You'll know what decisions to make because I've planted that, I've infused that into you. Wow. So, this is getting better, isn't it? Say amen. <laughs> it really is. You're going to need regular infusion therapy of the Word of God. That's what we're doing right now, actually. That's what we do all the time. It's, it's really what Faith Fellowship Church is all about. And, and it's why we do things like walk through the Bible so that we in, have this infusion of Word into us and we can learn it and know it. It's not so that we can be haughty and proud because of how much scripture we know. It's very, very powerful. Now, how long will this uh, therapy, how how long is this that I have to do this? Is it like eight sessions or something? It's actually for the rest of your life. Okay, and what about the radiation? Well, you're going to need regular radiation exposure to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. We were just doing that a little while ago. That, that's what worship is about. Worship is just one of the places because we do that at home. We do that whenever we come before God and whenever, whenever we engage with God. But, and we it's put ourselves in God's way. We, we are receiving the radiation treatment we need. What does the radiation do? It kills the bad stuff. Well, what what is, uh, what is the word, what does that chemo do? It, it, it gets rid of the bad stuff. Gets that out of us. Word of God is so powerful. And the radiation of God's Holy Spirit is so powerful. So so that's after the surgery? Yes. (laughs) But I will live. (laughs) Not without the surgery and the treatment. So this sounds serious, doesn't it? It actually is the worst and the best at the same time. It's actually a really good thing to know where we stand, isn't it? Because then we know we need a redeemer, we know we need redemption, we, need, we know we need a rescuer. That's what this is all about. So what are my chances without surgery and treatment? Not good, like zero. If you want the statistics, zero. Well, maybe I can get a second opinion. Uh, Second opinions are usually really good if you, you know, I mean, second opinions can be uh, an important thing in in weighing things. The truth is you can probably get a thousand opinions. Just go out, just turn on your internet. (laughs) Uh, You can get a thousand opinions about about your spiritual pathology. And there are those who will say, you're okay, I'm okay, we can do what we want. These things that that trouble you inside you, just forget about that. You're all right. Just get rid of those guilt feelings and do something to to feel better. And those are some of the opinions that, that are out there. You can probably find one that you like. Truth is that there are many who will lie to you and get you just way off track. And it will not change the diagnosis or the prognosis. So without this surgery and follow-up treatment, you're going to die. I'm talking about spiritual death. I'm talking about separation from God. We debate all the time exactly what that means in eternity. But it's really, really bad. And compared to being with God in eternity, how many of you know we want to be with God in eternity? Well, we're all going to die, right? Yes, yes. The body, that we're, these, these earth suits are going to die eventually, unless the Lord comes and takes us back. But we're talking about a spiritual disease and a spiritual death. And this is what is missed a lot of times. We, we sing the happy songs and we, we look at the Bible and we pluck out the things we like and all the positive things and we hang them on the walls. And we miss how desperately we, how desperately people need Jesus. It's a spiritual disease. And it's a spiritual death. Well, where do you get all this from? Your medical books? I don't know if I trust this. Medical books are for medical problems. This is a spiritual problem, and it's all in your Bible. It gives us our spiritual pathology report. We don't want to miss that. Well, who does this surgery and this treatment? Well, there's some good news. We have a great physician, don't we? And it's all through the scripture. Some people think it's just in the New Testament, but we have a great physician. Jesus said, uh, those who are, are well have no need of a, of a physician, but those who are sick need a physician. And he, and he is the great physician. He says, I came to seek and save the lost. I came to be your doc. He's the one who forgives all your iniquity, that bent toward sinning and heals all your diseases. Praise God. Now, how does he do this surgery? Very personally, because he actually, the surgery is on him, on your behalf. He was pierced for my transgressions. He was pierced for your transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. He took it on himself. He went through the surgery himself. Isn't that amazing? And by his wounds, we are healed. We should read that out loud together. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So as by one man's obedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. That's another wow, isn't it? So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So your new pathology report, (laughs) your your follow-up checkup, You're doing great if you've had the surgery, if you're continuing the therapy. Isn't that amazing? You're doing amazing. Okay, okay, okay. How much does this surgery cost? I mean, is it covered by Medicare? It costs too much. You cannot possibly afford it. It costs Jesus everything. You can't afford it. How am I supposed to do that? He offers it to you free of charge. It's covered by his plan. It's better than Medicare. <laughs> it's covered so much better than anything else. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's read that out loud together. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God. Is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But Doc. I have to pay something. I was raised that way. I got to pay something. I can't just take something for free. I can't take the tre- these treatments for free. Doesn't work that way. There's, there's only one way. By grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, not anything that you pay. It is the free gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. You're not going to be walking around heaven saying, how much did you pay for your salvation? I paid a lot. You'll never hear that conversation. It won't exist. Are you sure I can't pay? Positive. You cannot pay. So how does all this work? How how, how do I get in the program? (laughs) We're going to talk about that next week. Does that bother you? Would you rather hear now? Okay, all right. We are going to talk about this next week, okay? We are. What if I don't have a week? (laughs) I see your point. (laughs) We are going to talk about this next week, but let's talk about this a little bit more today. We should deal with this today. And the reason is, I have to say, I never know. I've been preaching for a lot of years and there are weeks when I'm preaching and there's someone here and a week later, they're not here. And so we need to deal with things. You know, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. In other words, you can't get saved. You can't really get saved tomorrow, you get saved today. And tomorrow will be today, on that day. And you can hope for that, but you need to get saved today. Deal with this. So let's review. Uh, what, what, I wanna, what I've been explaining to you is our statement of faith. It's what we believe about the human condition. And I want to read it to you. Let's put it up. And I want to read it to you. And then I'll invite you to read it, uh, read it with me. But I, I want you just to listen. It's better to listen at, at first, Okay. We believe that God created Adam and Eve in his image, but they sinned when tempted by Satan. In union with Adam, human beings are sinners by nature and by choice, alienated from God and under his wrath. Only through God's saving work in Jesus Christ can we be rescued reconciled and renewed. They're really, three really good R words. And so let's read this. I I invite you, you don't have to read this, but this is our statement of faith that we agree to when we join the church. But a lot of times we just kind of miss it. A lot of churches don't even have this kind of, of statement of faith. They just, they go on and they talk about Jesus and they talk about some really good things. But I think this is so powerfully important because if we don't know our need then we can't really connect with the solution, the reconciliation and the rescue. So I invite you to read this aloud with me. We believe that God created Adam and Eve in his image, but they sinned when tempted by Satan. In union with Adam, human beings are sinners by nature and by choice, alienated from God and under his wrath. Only through God's saving work in Jesus Christ can we be rescued, reconciled, and renewed. It's powerful truth. Many of us know it, but we struggle against it. It's so easy to say, I'm not as bad. I don't feel that bad. All of those things that we had in that conversation with the doc. And we need for this to get a hold of us. To be reconciled and and rescued and renewed. Um, There's a prayer that I want to share with you. And you probably, many of you have prayed a prayer like this. Um, I always love a prayer like this. And I always pray it. Uh, If I'm ever invited, I just pray it. I've probably prayed a prayer like this thousands of times. And every time it's meaningful. It just reconnects me with my need for a savior. My need for a rescuer. My need for redemption. I I want to uh, invite you, uh, well, let me read it first so that we're clear about what it is. Lord Jesus, I need you. I, I need the surgery that only you can perform. I need a new heart. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of wrong choices. Replace my heart of stone with your heart. Write your ways upon my heart and transform me by the work of your word and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I invite you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I need you. I need the surgery that only you can perform. I need a new heart. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of wrong choices. Replace my heart of stone with your heart. Write your ways upon my heart and transform me by the work of your word and your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your patient love toward us. I thank you for the way that that you continued to reach out to humanity even when there was such rebellion against you. And you came into the world to save us and to make possible this amazing spiritual surgery to give us a new heart and to give us eternal life so that we might rejoice in eternal life and that our loved ones might rejoice as we go on to be with you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name,